Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back after some 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 technical difficulties, so we we apologize for that. Uh, but we are back with the live post game show here on Silver and Black today. Uh, myself and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph, before we got interrupted by the gremlins on the internet, um, we were talking about the Raiders and the fact that boy, frustrating loss at home in a game the Raiders really had the 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 dominant matchup here I think as good as the defensive front of Pittsburgh is the Raiders and their offense seem to match up well against them but man it, it's 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 really perplexing to understand why this offense can't get going and um Jimmy Garoppolo had a really bad night tonight but I want to hear your reaction just your your stream of consciousness as a fan, what do you feel after watching that game against Pittsburgh in the loss tonight? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's, Scott, this, this one was rough. I mean, I am uh, 40% inebriated, 58% surprised, <laughs> and 100% thankful for the Raiders for leaving me to the burden of expectation because this was an absolute disaster uh, out there, although they made it close there in the end. I mean, you can't lose against, I mean, one of the all-time rivals of the Oakland, L.A., mm-hmm. and Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, that's the, the bottom line, and we talked about it a lot on Raiders Fan Radio this week, that, like, you know, this team, like, I, I'm not going to tell anybody to not hate the Patriots, but, like, if you're going to hate any team outside of our division – like the Pittsburgh Steelers are the one. Like we played them three years in a row in the AFC Championship game, and two years of those they knocked us out. Like, I mean, the the the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have kept the Raiders from from winning more championships than any other team in the AFC. Uh, again, that's that's outside the division. So there's a lot of hate there. And on the night where they present Kendra Stabler and the amazing Stabler family with the ring uh, from the Hall of Fame to honor Snake, the greatest quarterback of all time for our franchise. For the Raiders to go out there and crap the bed uh, the way that they did, like, it's absolutely just nothing but an embarrassment. And, you know, I've been trading paint all night long with folks on the Twitter or the X, whatever. And and there's a lot of talk around, like, you know, well, oh, Murph, where, where's your optimism now? Well, I've been saying this the whole time. 
I will have optimism until there's a reason not to. Well, now there's a reason not to. You can't get punked on Sunday night football with a bunch of freaking, you know, you know, East Pennsylvania freaking knuckle or West Pennsylvania, wherever the hell it is, waving their freaking <laughs> stupid, terrible towels in the in Allegiant Stadium and save me the whole. Well, this never happened in Oakland because it did happen in Oakland. But bottom line, though, still the home opener against your your should be one of your heated all time rivals, and they crapped the bed. I mean. Yeah. Whatever I know, we'll, we'll lead into the game, but like just, but but just to keep it on the on a general term, Scott, as a fan, like there should have been a lot more invested into this game mm. than what I felt that the Raiders, as a team and as a franchise, had. Now that don't I don't mean that in terms of franchise because I know Mark Davis gets it. I know probably even Sandra Douglas Morgan gets it. I know that a lot of people in the front office get it, but apparently the freaking front office or the coaching staff and the goddamn players don't get it that aren't named Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. So you know what? I'm getting to the point now where it's like I've had Josh McDaniels back. I've had these guys. That are, that are making the calls for this team. I've had their back, but at this point, no. I'm sorry. You got us punked on freaking national television on Sunday Night Football. So I got no love at this point, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm tapping out. And I'm the guy that has your back all the time. You at are. This point, you're starting to lose me. I'm, you're yeah. starting to lose me. And if you lose me, I guarantee you, you're losing most of Raider Nation. Unbelievable. It's a great point, Murph, because as I was doing a live stream uh, with Big Corey and I on on the PSF app, I was talking about the fact that I didn't feel any intensity. I didn't feel any any sort of mojo around this team tonight. Like, I'm not saying they didn't have some nice plays. And to your point, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby, warriors, absolute warriors. And they give it all every single down. But at the same time, I didn't feel any any kind of mojo going. I didn't feel the defense, the offense. Like, you get that flow of the game, you know what I mean, where where you just see kind of a team start to gel around um, of some momentum. And I didn't see it at all. And then you see Jimmy Garoppolo, 28 of 44, 324 yards, two touchdowns, yes, but three interceptions. Like, I didn't feel he was the leader that you needed at the quarterback position. And I think it's becoming a problem because now I know it's only been three games. I understand that. But you start to feel what the offense is doing. You start to see it. And a lot of hate and a lot of direction towards the defense after the Buffalo loss. Now, Buffalo, one of the top four teams to me in the AFC. But you look at what happened tonight. The defense, yeah, were they perfect? No. There's still some talent gaps there. But you look at the offense and complementary football – Murph, this offense is way below any standard that anybody had coming into the 2023 season. Yeah, this was a defense, or excuse me, this was an an offense that our defense should have freaking excelled against. Like, if you watch what they did last week against the Cleveland Browns, they they did not look good. Like, we should have ate. Like, Max Crosby and the, and the rest of them, and, and I know Marcus Peters wants that 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 pick six back because clearly he left mm. one on the table. But outside oh, yeah. of that, like we're, like I'm with you, and we saw some good plays. Um, I made a couple of notes. Like Bilal Nichols had a had a had a good early third down stop. Um, uh, Marcus Peters, like even after he drops that potential pick six, comes in and, and darts into the backfield and, and and gets a tackle for a loss there. Um, there were some definitely some good things that happened on defense, but they were flash plays. It wasn't like there wasn't a consistency. And I'm with you on the chemistry. And like, you know, we hear a lot about criticism about Josh McDaniels, and I've been a go. I've been very reserved around this throwing out broad strokes and, and, and mm-hmm. criticism around McDaniels. But I'm with you. Where was the fire tonight? Like, where are the – why isn't this team playing with a little bit more passion and especially on a game like this? Like, that, it reminds me so much of that game against Washington back in 2017. And I know we didn't start off 2-0 this year, but if you remember back to that season, the Raiders, we beat the Titans in Nashville. We beat the Jets at home. Marshawn's dancing on the sidelines. And then week three, we come out and stink it up against the freaking, at the time, the Washington Redskins. And it was an absolute debacle of a season from that point forward. And it's like, that's what this feels like. It's like Mm -hmm. when we're on the biggest of stages, we're crapping the bed. And it's like, 
I just, I don't get it. I, I, I really don't, I truly don't understand it. I don't understand why you can change the personnel. You could change the coaching staff. You could change the goddamn front office. And still at the end of the day, we can't put back-to-back successful plays together. Like, it, it's like it, we have one good play and then we go backwards. And even on, when you look at the Raiders that made it kind of close there at the end, oh yeah, because we got a gift on a freaking, on a two-point conversion. You, it's, right. it's like, after losing three grand at the Aria and you hit a penny slot for a $40 bonus. It's like, okay, well, that was fun. But it didn't, but in the end of the day, it doesn't pay off, doesn't do anything. It's useless. And so, Scott, I, I'm I this is the most and, and even going into this season, after last year, when Josh and Dave started moving the goalpost on us, because we went into this into that season thinking like, and everybody was telling, oh hey, we, we got an AFC championship team game. Yeah, playoff team, deep run here, right? Then they started moving the goalposts. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're, we're building. Oh, we've got to add some pieces. Oh, we've got to get guys on a roster that fit our scheme. You know what? And, and I started getting really frustrated with those guys and their messaging to us as fans. It's like, we're not dumb, man. Like, we saw what this team was supposed to be. You got Derek as best friend. You made these moves. Like, we were supposed to freaking make a deep run, then you didn't. And then so you started making excuses about why you only won six games. Well, now here you got another full offseason. You got a full draft. And then and then this is what we get. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, as a fan, like, I, I don't want to say I'm out because I'm never out, man. This yeah. freaking silver and black ink doesn't come off. And I'll believe you later <laughs> from the day I die. But, like, in terms of, like, the current – you know, group calling the shots for the, the, yeah. at the, in, 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 on the field. Like, eh, no, I'm kind of tapping out at this point. Well, it's interesting too, because but I hear you, I hear you on that because this was a really frustrating game as I watched it and thinking about fans and the fact to your point, like you're all in, you're wanting this team to do well. You're listening to the front office and they're telling you this and telling you that. But, and, and again, they moved on, they moved on from the former quarterback Understood that. Good luck to him, and and he got injured today. Hopefully, he's okay. But at the same time, you were like, okay, so now we're moving, we're moving, we're moving to a different direction, and that direction through three weeks is is incredibly disappointing because I don't understand how Devonte Adams can have thirteen catches for hundred and seventy two yards and two touchdowns and you lose the game. Like, okay. how does that happen? How does that happen? And then you look at also Jacoby Myers. Seven catches, 85 yards. Josh Jacobs, again, had trouble getting on track. 17 carries, 62 yards. They're still having trouble up front. This is the same offensive line, Murph, as last year, and they can't open it up up front for the defending NFL rushing champion. I'm confused. I just don't understand what's happening. You know, there's a lot of people that are saying that, like, I think uh, Ted Wynn on, 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 on the X there, and Ted Wynn's a great follow and a great, great. foam guy. Absolutely. You know, talked about how, like, you know, the, the, against Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you can press the line of scrimmage. You know, Derek Carr, you couldn't do that. You know, look, and as, as many of us as, like, I never felt – well, not never. In recent years, I felt that Derek wasn't the answer that we thought he might have been early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still had a great deep ball, like, throughout his career. I mean, you give Always. him enough time Always. and the guy's open enough, he'll, he'll have a great deep ball. And so teams had to respect that and had to play deep enough. Well, now, like, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, it, he's not the deep threat you know, that, that Derek Carr was, as we've been saying on our show. You know, if you need to throw 40 yards downfield, Jimmy will give you a 40-yard pass. If you need a 50-yard pass downfield, Jimmy will give you a 40-yard pass. You know what I mean? It's like he's just not that guy to give you that kind of – he's not going to test a freaking defense deep. And so we're on the point now, like – like, and I don't know, I'm not trying to get all crazy here, but maybe I am. Freaking let's activate the kid. Let's yeah. let the fourth rounder out of Purdue come in and let's see what he's got, man. Let's activate the Irish cannon and let's roll with him. Like, because I, I felt like this for a long time and it's the truth around the NFL. You got to draft and or require quarterbacks until you find your guy. And, yeah. and clearly – for whatever reason, Jimmy's not going to be the guy, at least. And maybe that'll change. And maybe the Raiders will close out the season and win five games or whatever. But, like, in this stretch we're in right now, these were the winnable games. Like, we got to go up against Miami and Kansas City back-to-back. Are you kidding me? Like, look what Miami did the Broncos today. They hung a 70-burger 
on the goddamn Broncos and we put <laughs> 17 on them. Yeah. This is going to yeah. be ugly, guys. Like, this is going to be so bad unless we make some serious moves. So, like, why not swing for the fences? Like, why would you want to go and finish with another six wins with a freaking – I don't even know how Jimmy G is. And I was all about the Jimmy G thing. But, like, why would you want to do that, win six games with that guy? <laughs> or just start the freaking kid. Let him develop. Yeah. Let's see what he's got. Like, like, let's invest in our future and not freaking try to, like, patch our past, man. I don't get it, Scott. I'm – I'm telling you, man, this one, this one landed all over me and, and mostly because it was Pittsburgh. Like, they, you know, well, if this would have been the Chiefs or this like the Buffalo game last week, like I get it. But this was a winnable game, man. This wasn't well, like. But that's the thing. Support. That's the I, thing, Murph. Like, like for, for me, looking at it from an objective standpoint. So you're looking at it through a different lens, which is fine, which is why we have you here. But I, I had the same feeling. I was like, how are you coming out in your home opener? There's no intensity. There's no urgency. There's there just seems to be this kind of blah. It's like what are you doing? And and I think that's very disturbing to to see the first three weeks of the season. Like I'm not trying to get people discouraged. I'm just trying to say, listen, if you're excited about what you're doing and you have a plan and you think that that's a right plan for your team to move forward, how do you come out like that? How do you come out against a team like Pittsburgh? Now, I understand they have a good defensive front. Don't get me wrong. But you let them run all over you. The first That first 72-yard touchdown pass, the longest pass pick, he was one of five in the first two quarters with a 72-yard. That was the only pass he had. I mean, I don't understand defensively. Now, again, I'm not a big call-for-somebody's-job kind of guy. Right, Murph? But Patrick Graham in this game, there were so oh. many times – there was bad, bad, like even casual football fans could tell you, bad call. And so I don't know how long this lasts. And I'm not trying to get down. I'm not trying to get Raider Nation to to, to give up on the season after three weeks because it's not over yet. But that is incredibly discouraging to see your defensive coordinator not adjust, to not be able to call the right plays at the end of the game, and then offensively to have your quarterback not be able to move your team despite the fact having one of the, if not the best, wide receiver in the league. They finally got a reception to Michael Mayer at tight end, but it was for a two-point conversion when the game was almost over. What is going on with this offense? Am I alone in thinking this? Not at all. Like, what was the point of drafting him? Like, we watched Sam Laporta freaking ball out for the Lions, and guess what? Our tight end got drafted before him. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you're going to draft a guy in the first or second round, and I'm looking at you, Tyree, I'm looking at you, freaking Michael Mayer, like, why are they not more involved in what right. the action on the game? And listen, and like, I know that like Khalil Mack struggled early on, not struggled per se, but he wasn't, he wasn't lighting up the stat sheet early on. And so right. sometimes you got to get pass rushers a little bit of, of, of a break. And you look at a guy like Jalen Carter lighting up for, for, for the Eagles. Well, yeah, because the Eagles have an elite defense already, where when you look at the Raider defense, clearly there's a lot of holes. And so they're able to like neutralize you take out max crosby and the rest and it's out so i i, I kind of give him a little bit of a pass but i'm with you on the offensive side of the ball like why is it michael mayer getting more involved why did you jump up and grab that guy when the rest of us were looking for you to take something else i don't know like a defensive piece and freaking help us out on the defense but instead you decided to jump up and grab a tight end and at the time i was like huh like what what, what, what are we doing why are we getting a tight end and then I invested a little bit into, into looking at Michael Mayer's career at Notre Dame, and I thought, okay, well, maybe we got a little bit of a baby Dave Casper here. We know yes. we're, we, we're parted ways with Darren Waller. Like, okay, this makes sense. Well, then where is he? Why is he on a freaking milk carton if he was such if he was so valuable that you had to go up there and get him? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to me whatsoever, Scott, and I'm with you. It's totally frustrating that this offense is struggling the way that it is. It's like I, I could almost, like, forgive in a way. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, some... some 
you know, vulnerability on defense, because right. as we know, we have some deficiency in talent on defense. Absolutely. But offensively, we should be dang clicking. And as far as Patrick Graham goes, like, I've seen enough. I'm good. Like, if it's time <laughs> to move on and take Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Our senior defensive assistant, Rob Ryan, and move him up. Why else is he in the building if he's not ready to take that spot yet? Let's not have any more defensive coordinators uh, with the initials PG. And let's freaking move on because there's not a lot of spirit going on. Even Chris Collinsworth, and I know that he's cringe, and I know a lot of people don't like to hear his commentary, (laughs) but even he said at the very end there, when the Raiders blitzed into that bunch formation, he's like, you literally couldn't call a worse defense than the Raiders just did on that third down yes. play. Like, yes. Come yeah. on, man. Like, let's just be better. I mean, like, I, I, again, it's very frustrating, and I understand the lack of talent, but, like, but those were, like, you're talking about bad play calls. And what was right. the big rub on on, on Pat, um, Patrick Graham, on, on Paul Gunther? was bad play calls. He was sending in plays. The players didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't know what their sets were going to be. They didn't know where to line up. You know what I mean? And we heard that that information firsthand, even from a guy like Will Compton. He's like, he would call in plays. We hadn't even practiced that week. And I feel like that's <laughs> the level of confusion that we have ar- arrived with with Patrick Graham. And it's like, right. no, I'm with you. I'm, 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 I'm out on him. Coordinators always go down first before coaches. That's got to be the first move. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, not only that, and, and your point about Collinsworth's comment about how you could not call a worse defense. I mean, that's telling. I, I Listen, I understand to your point, people look at Collinsworth, they watch him on Sunday night, they think he's cringe. I don't disagree. But I've, I don't know that I've ever heard him say that. I've heard him say a lot of things. But to say that you couldn't call a worse play at the point of the game where it's imperative that you call the right play is very disturbing. And then you add into it the offensive ineptitude, the fact that you cannot move the ball. And during the broadcast too, Murph, the broadcasters said, Chris Collinsworth, of course, Mike Tirico, they said, how is it that this team isn't scoring with the talent they have on the side of the ball? And they're absolutely right. With Devontae Adams, you talked about Michael Mayer, Josh Jacobs, again, 60-some yards, but not able to get it unhooked. I don't understand what's happening with this team. I don't understand. And again, I'm not about firing coaches, but something is not working. It hasn't worked. Didn't work last year with one quarterback. Now you have a new quarterback, the guy they wanted, and he's not distributing the ball equitably, I guess is the right word to use, or at least not spreading it around enough to be able to catch the defense off guard. Yes, they got Hunter Renfro involved a little bit today, but they also didn't get Michael Mayer. Jacoby Myers had opportunities, which was great. He did fine. And, of course, Devontae Adams did well as well. But, again, you cannot have this amount of talent on offense. Yes, you're right, Murph. They're deficient on defense. There's no question about it. But play calling is one thing. But on offense, this team, at the very least, should keep this team this team in games all the time because of the talent they have stacked on offense. But instead, they're underperforming. They're under-executing as well. They're not very disciplined, and that's the thing that bothers me. I'm not talking about penalties, but when you look at execution of plays on a play-by-play basis, it shocks me that you have a coach in his second year, and they're still still don't look comfortable. Jimmy Garoppolo is not comfortable back there, and I don't understand it. He's got protection, 
in the passing game, I know he got sacked and had some pressure tonight, but overall, it's shocking to me that he's so uncomfortable with a coach he knows going back to his rookie year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, you know, you guys have been talking about the Jimmy Gimmies. I forget who the yep. who the writer was that you had of the former Raider, or not Raider, uh, Niner reporter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that you guys had on your show, and he called it the Jimmy Gimmies. And so uh, it was funny because I thought at the time I thought, well, that might be a little bit of a hater take. You know, that might be a little bit of sour grapes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. No, it wasn't. Like, it <laughs> was not like that was a very fair take. And you saw a lot of that Jimmy Gimme going on. You know, the Graders going into this game had allowed the lowest amount of pressure uh, of, of a normal front out of any team in the NFL. Like, if you weren't blitzing, the Raiders were able to protect Jimmy Garoppolo better than anybody else in the entirety of the National Football League. That's yeah. a, that, that, that's, that was a resounding, like, statement, right, going, or like, of that offensive line. And, and shout out Carmen Brasillo and, and that offensive line that caught so much criticism in the offseason. Like, I was very proud of that for the Raiders. And so for Jimmy to get happy feet, like, well, we've seen that. Like, we know what that looks like. We saw that for nine years. Like, we know what happy feet looks like, and it doesn't end well. And so, like, to see that happen again for our team, like, when the pocket isn't terrible, yes, there were some throws, and and the Pittsburgh defense is good. And we, But, again, we knew yes. that coming yes. into this. We knew the Pittsburgh defense was going to be good. So we knew those pressures were going to be there. We knew there was going to be some forced throws. We knew we had to get the running game going. So, like, those things are expected. But for us defensively to collapse the, the way that we did, and I, I felt like this, Scott, going into to this season, like after seeing, the, especially the game against the Broncos, I thought, okay. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. We're going to be scrappy enough to hang around. Right. And if you give a team enough chances to hang around with the amount of playmakers we have on offense, we'll win some dang football games. And we'll win the games that we should against the teams that are vulnerable. You're right. If it bleeds, we can kill it. And I thought that Pittsburgh was one of those teams. And they even proved tonight that they were one of those teams. And the Raiders, to your point, couldn't execute to get it done. Where the hell is Hunter? Like, I, I, I go down a rabbit hole. The players that are missing, <laughs> from, you know, but especially I think the most outstanding is Michael Mayer and Hunter Renfro to me on, on offense. Like, yeah. where are those guys? Josh Jacobs got to go in a little bit tonight. Um, but still, man, like for, for somebody that's supposed to be an offensive, you know, guru and with the amount of players that we have and they're capable of uh, their playmaking capability, like 
you can't not be disappointed. Again, I'm sure yeah. anybody yeah. listening can hear the, the the passion and the disappointment in my voice tonight because, again, I'm the, I'm the guy that's – I'm ride or die for the Raiders no matter what, but I'm usually the guy that will look for the things to be optimistic about, again, until it, there's a reason not to be. And, and tonight, man, this was just a freaking beatdown emotionally as a fan. Like, it's, it's – yeah, I don't. I don't know what to be excited about from this point going forward, unless they just rattle off like four straight, which could be possible when you look at the schedule. Yeah, but like, it's even possible. then, still, I'm like, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, then we're gonna play Miami, and we're just gonna get our ass kicked, and we're gonna play <laughs> Kansas City, and get our ass kicked, and you know the Chargers, freaking. I don't know how they freaking. You know, only the only the Vikings can out Charger the Chargers. You know what I mean? Like by, by pulling out that that very loss true. today, and so very true. Talk about acting defeat from the jaws of victory, man. My gosh. Anyways, but but, but Murph, when, when we went back, when Mo and I were were right after the draft, and we did our kind of kind of season predictions. I predicted that the Raiders would come out of the first four games at two and two. I said they would beat Denver, lose in Buffalo, beat Pittsburgh, and lose to the Chargers in L.A. I know people will call me crazy because they always play close games in L.A., but that's how I that's I was optimistic. I said two and two. Um, now. You stand at one and two, and you got to go to Los Angeles against a Charger team who, of course, because their coach is an absolute idiot, uh, almost blew the game for them. I mean, he is. He's an idiot. I'm sorry. I don't care what they say. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. Terrible. Um, But they won despite him. And and Justin Herbert put up an amazing day, 470 yards and just crazy, crazy day. Now you got to go face that. You got to go face that. You're off the offense in Las Vegas with the Raiders. I don't know what to say. If, if you had an offensive coordinator, which you do, it's Nick Lombardi, but he's not really the offensive coordinator, so I'm not going to take it out on him. But Josh McDaniels is the guy. It, it's brutal. And not only is it brutal, but your quarterback is not making good decisions. If you look at the three interceptions he he fired away today, Murph, none of them. I, you know, you can look at an interception and say, okay, well, he tried to put the ball in, it got tipped, whatever. These all three of these were bad, ill-advised passes. So I'm looking at this offense. To your point, can you put together a couple wins here and change people's minds? Yeah, you could, but why would you think it's going to happen? Because early on in this season, I've tried to remain positive myself, covering the team objectively, and I just can't. After watching tonight's game, it's it's alarming to me. How, how poorly managed the team is, how poorly quarterback the team is. And I just don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand how the coaching staff can walk away from a week at the office and say, yeah, we're good. I mean, I don't get it. I go, and I'm not trying to be overly negative, Murph, as you know. And you're a really positive guy. So I know you're not either. But it's hard to tell a Raider, to look a Raider fan in the eyes and say, well, don't worry. It's only early in the season. Yeah, it ain't. It, it's it's getting light quick. I mean, th- this was the run. This this was the chunk of games in here that we were supposed to, you know, rattle off and against teams that 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 we should beat, and you know, we're not. And, and so I, I'm I'm I, I differ with you a little bit on the Chargers because I think that that's a home game for the Raiders, and we always play well True. in LA against the Chargers. I feel pretty good about our matchup against the Giants. I feel pretty good about our matchup against the Bears who got dog walked today. Like, yeah. I think there are some very winnable games in there. But, like, you know, when you look at Vegas and, like, last year they pegged us at, like, six and a half wins as far as the over-under. This year I think it was, like, well, like right at six or whatever. Yeah. And and it's yeah. funny when that stuff comes out and I'm always like, that's laughable. Like, like look, like, look at the Raiders. <laughs> Here's – there's a reason they have all those bright ass lights and they give you a free breakfast. Like it's, it's <laughs> like how they freaking call this stuff. And here you go, man. Like, I mean, you know, uh, shout out bet MGM sports book, but I bet the Raiders and parlays and all kinds of stuff heavy against the Steelers tonight because it, I mean, this was, this was the game again, going back to the idea that it's like, we're on, we're on the biggest of stage. So when you're on the biggest of stage, you would hope that your team rises to that occasion. And so when they don't, I mean, and I'm not saying that like a loss on, you know, noon on a Sunday is, is better than losing on Sunday night football, but it, there is a little extra mustard and, and or should be on it um, when you're playing on those stages and the Raiders haven't risen to the occasion. And, and I would say this, that like, when was the last time that, time that the Raiders mm. did against the Chargers in Vegas with Rich Basaccia led? 
like mm-hmm. playoff Willie shout out on the sidelines. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the last time that the Raiders rose to the occasion. Yep. And even in that game and those, and I have people throw this at me a lot to be like, Oh, the Raiders under Versace. Like we close out those four games. Yeah. We had a lot of things go in our favor. We had to have a lot of other teams lose. The Raiders had a lot of teams do a lot of bad things in order for us to get that. And in that game, even we were up by what? I don't remember the numbers and somebody will, you know, shout me out in the chat. Hopefully pick me up here. They were up by like, what? 17. I was even at that game and I can't remember, but we were up like 17 and we let the freaking chargers come all the way back and tie up the game. And then we had to win it with a Daniel Carlson field goal. And uh, so even in that, like, like we were squeaking by and we were squeaking by on emotion and, and like, and so like, that was the last time I can remember the Raiders like really closing it out and really playing like on the biggest of stages. And even and then you want to go before that? I don't know when. When? 2016? And even <laughs> then it kind of got ugly because the way Derek got hurt and we went down the tubes there at the end. Like, you know, so you had you had the riverboat jack early on and you know against the Saints and blah blah blah. Anyways, I'll save you the trip down memory lane. But my point is though, is that like <laughs> when the Raiders shown up and balled out when the in the biggest of stages, it's I mean like that's that charger game. And then that's it. And it's, yeah. and then you got to roll the clock way back and way back. You know, I've yeah. turned the calendar yeah. enough time to, to remember those days, but Scott, those were, they were a long time ago. <laughs> well, and I, I look at it this way, Murph, and I agree with you to your point, you know, it being in the state of, okay, if we're going to go think about the future, then, then play the kid, play Aiden O'Connell. Let's see what he can do. And I, and I think they may get there, but I think it's too early. I think as disappointing as it is to stand here today and be at one and two, um, it's going to have to take time, right? You're going to have to you're going to have to see what they do. If they can beat the Chargers and get things back on track and get this offense on track, great, that's fine. I thought the defense while it had its negative moments, played better tonight. You saw some more pressure up the middle, especially early on. And you saw some, you saw Jenkins had a great game. He blew up a couple of huge plays. You saw Divine Diablo, I thought, had a great game overall. Um, and so you started to see some things on defense. I'm not excusing Patrick Graham and his play calling, but as far as a performance goes, I saw some encouraging signs from some players up front. But when it comes to the offense, outside of Devontae Adams, yes, Josh Jacobs had 60-some yards, and that was fine, but Jimmy Garoppolo underperformed. We didn't see the offensive line perform as well. Jermaine Illuminor, who who I've always championed as a pretty good right tackle, had a really rough night. Even Colton Miller had a rough night, Murph. So it was one of those types of games where pretty much you could find fault at all levels of the offense and the defense. I I agree, and I would ask you this then, Scott, and I would and mm-hmm. I would I would I would, I would push back a little bit. Is that at what point, like, why would you not want to shift towards what your future would would and or should be? Like, at what point is it hubris when mm-hmm. the team is lacking success and you stay invested into whatever your plan and your system was? And if anything I've been critical of, of Josh McDaniels and or any other coach that has the mentality of, I need to come into this situation and then start to acquire personnel to fit my scheme. Hmm. I don't understand yeah. that. And I never will at any sport on any level. I think that the true talent from coaching is when you can walk into a situation and go, here's what I have. And here's what I'm going to design to take advantage and and to, and to put my players in the best position possible to be as successful as they possibly can be. That's the true talent of coaching. You can yeah. be the greatest strategist in the entire world, but the greatest leaders are the ones that share their vision and then enable their followers to execute that vision in a way that enables their success, not your own. So going Absolutely. into this thing, and that's where I feel that like, I'm like, at this point, like you've, we've had two years now of seeing what this looks like and it doesn't look good. So where, like, why are we not 
changing? Why are we not adjusting? And maybe those those conversations are happening, and maybe those strategy meetings are happening behind the scenes that we as fans don't know. But on the surface, and what the visuals are and the optics are to us as fans, is that you're staying in your lane and you're not adapting to those things around you. And because of that, it's like it, you start to lose us. And so yeah. I'm with you, but like I don't want to like I'm not gonna. Start calling for people's heads and like, and I don't want to see anybody lose their job. And I want the Raiders to be successful. I want Patrick Graham to be the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the sport. I want Josh <laughs> to be the most successful head coach in the history of the sport. But when it gets to a point to where things aren't working, and if you're not willing to then make changes and just say like, oh, we got to get better going into next week and we got to execute some things better. Like I'm, I'm going to save all the curse words, but like we kind of, <laughs> Ask that as fans like you lose yeah. us when you lose the fans like i mean maybe you can keep your job but like i don't know like you start you know if you start don't start winning games and proving it like what do we what, what what kind of proof is there that these things are working like other than theory and again so you can you can Absolutely. you can state your vision but if we can't like embrace it and see it and like I don't know. I'm getting all, I don't want to get all too deep in the weeds on there. I'm trying to get all freaking philosophical <laughs> on anybody here. But like the point being though, is that like, it's, it's kind of becomes, oh gosh, a BSE. I'll use right. that term. It right. becomes BSE. But, but, but you're right because you're Murph, right. listen, this team made some big decisions in the off season. They let go of their nine year quarterback. Okay. So they brought in their guy and you know what? You bring in your guy. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But if it's not working, it's not working. And listen, Three games, I know there's 14 weeks left. I get it. It's a long season. But there's been nothing, nothing to look at here that makes you think that things are going to get better. And that's what's discouraging, not only from a fan perspective, but if I'm a roster player on this Raiders team, it's like, wait, if I'm Josh Jacobs, well, wait a minute. If I'm Devontae Adams, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You brought in a new quarterback because this was going to make us better. And guess what? We're not. We're not better. So now what are you going to do? What are, you, what are you going to do to change the culture here? What are you going to do to change the talent level here? And the answer is not an easy one because I don't see the Raiders, what their plan is. On defense, uh, okay, they got Tyree Wilson in the draft, gotcha. Ja'Korian Bennett, gotcha. Understand. But overall, did it make us much better right away? The answer is no. And if the answer is no, then suddenly the question is, well, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for five years from now? Are you waiting for three years from now? Are you waiting for two years from now? What's the deal? And I, I understand rebuilding. And I understand the Raiders were kind of in a mini mill, a mini me build or rebuild, excuse me, uh, uh, Murph. But at the same time, you have to show progress. And that's my issue is I don't see, I saw a little progress on defense tonight. So I want to give them some credit. But when it comes to the offense, especially, I don't see anything. I see a, a regression and if you're a regression from a six and 10 team, what does that mean? To me, the ultimate sign of bad coaching is regression. Like that's, yes. there's nothing worse than that. Like there's nothing more indicting than a team that goes backwards. And so I'm with you that while we looked slightly improved defensively tonight, we were also going up against an ass offense. Like let's, <laughs> let's not freaking like mint it here. Like yes. that offense. There's nothing to freaking shout about. And so to have the team as an overall regress like that again, and you got to go to the top, man. And, and I'm, yes, I really, I even, I, I hate it. I hate talking about this because I feel like, like it's such a common thing or like an easy thing. Like I always try to be uh, in terms of like, as, again, I'm not a film guy. I'm not a former player. Mm -hmm. I'm not an analyst. I'm just a, I'm just a crazy ass Raider fan with a love for this football team. And so when, when I look at the, at the team, I try to go past the path of least resistance. I try not to just point at one thing and just go, well, that guy sucks. And so that's why we suck. Well, I, I try to look at like, okay, well, like, what are the layers of it? Like, what are the, what, what's like, let's, let's dig in a little bit and let's find some things that would lead to the success or lack thereof. But ultimately, as of right now, since we moved on from Basaccia, and all the people that were critical of the Raiders for moving on from Basaccia and even Mike Mayock to a certain extent, all those people are, as of this point, are proven right. You're all right. None of you are wrong. All of you are absolutely correct in saying that we have taken a playoff team and ran it down the freaking, down mm. the tube into a, and so you, you're not wrong. 
Now, while we can debate around why were the Raiders successful and what was their emotion that com- that propelled them to that success and whatever, all the different things that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, as Bill Murray said, meatball. <laughs> At the end of the day, all those people are correct. And so I got a point my finger at Josh McDaniels and ask him why. And I would also to those, and I don't know what the the press conferences are like tonight, but I would implore the beat writers, press him, press him in the freaking press conference, like literally press him at the press. Let's find out what's going on. Let's not do any of this fluffy, you know, you know, all of the kumbaya hand holding questions. Press him to Sean Reed. Press him, Hondo. Press him, Vic. Press him. Let's find out what the hell is going on with this goddamn football team. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm not calling those guys out by name. Like, I and our beat writers are great. And but my point being though is that like, let's not just make this easy for them. Let's let them feel a little bit of this because we're the ones that are buying the tickets. We're the ones that are buying the shirts. We're the ones that are freaking doing shows about it. We're the ones that are freaking funding this the entirety of this organization. Have our back. Have our back and freaking press this coach and this GM on what the hell's going on with our team. And if they don't have a good answer for you, then Mark Davis, like, let's start considering what we're going to do in the next season. Because, look, man, you want to establish a fan base in Mm. Las Vegas and then Mm. have terrible towels waving all around? Then freaking win your goddamn home opener. Scott, Scott, I'm getting a little emotional now. It's ah. Dude, Ugh, fire you're me. on a roll. I was not going to stop you because it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. But you're right. The the tough questions need to be answered because um, it, it might only be three games in, but you can clearly see some things and you have to ask the questions about that. And I think that it's a fair it's a fair challenge. It's a fair challenge to say, where is this team? This team is nowhere near where you think or you said you wanted it to be. So if it's not there, then what's going on? What's happening? What is the outage here? Why are you not performing defensively? Why are you not performing offensively? Uh, And I understand they're not going to want to answer those questions to a certain degree. But at the same time, uh, it's evident. It's evident that this Raiders team right now uh, is not anywhere close to what they thought it was going to be. They overextended themselves, I think. In some areas, they thought they had a better defensive line than they did to the fact that they even made a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs on the defensive interior, and and it has not worked out. They have not worked out on offense, the offensive line. I don't know what's going on. Murph, I cannot figure it out. This is the same offensive line that helped Josh Jacobs win the rushing title. So now some people will say, well, it's because Josh Jacobs held out of camp and he's fat. No, he's not fat. He's fine. But for some reason, that line is not opening up holes like they did last year. So you have all of that. What is going on inside this organization from a cultural standpoint that things are not sticking? Things are not coming through the way in which they're explained to us. And to me, that's the biggest deal, because if you cannot tell me or articulate and Murph, you're a guy, you're in business, you understand this. If you cannot articulate to me what the mission is and what everybody's function in that mission is to help us get there, then guess what? You're not going to do it. And so far we've seen that we've seen this team and its inability to be cohesive, to be on the same page on a regular basis. And that's hard to get when you go through, when you spend time around a football team, Murph, especially an NFL team, you see how much time they put in. I can't understand how you could be so far off the mark so early in the season. That's so well put, Scott. And, and, you know, I forget who it was. I think it's wrongly uh, attributed to Peter Drucker, but it's like, but if there's somebody at some point said, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like you can have all the freaking, you know, strategy in the world. I'll shout out my uncle Moss. I'll never forget this. And uh, I'm going to tell you a little side note here. Uh, yeah. story. I, I coached football and baseball and all kinds of stuff. Uh, kids, youth sports. And one of the things that my uncle Mosh, I love my uncle Mosh, uh, one of the co-founders of this show said to me one time after I'm giving a speech to my eight year old baseball team. And he said, you know what, Murph? You can know everything in the world there is to know about baseball, but if you can't convey that message to an eight-year-old, you're just showing off. And it's like, <laughs> that's, like I can come up True. with these brilliant ideas, but if you, if the, but if the group isn't buying into the culture, then guess what? 
it doesn't freaking matter. And so I'm so with you and so happy that you made that point, Scott, because that's what it's starting to feel like. It's like, where's the embracement of the culture? I've said numerous times on this too. And, and tonight should have been the night. Damn it, Raiders, it should have been the night. I've said numerous times, you can't take the, you can't embody necessarily on the field what the Raiders of the 70s and the early 80s were mm -hmm. because the game is different. The rule set is different, yada, yada, yada. You can't do that. But that spirit, that mentality, that mystique, that villain that the Raiders were and what made us great, the absolute foundation that this franchise was built on, you can take that and you can impart that into the 2023-23 season for however that will look. And when you look at players like Devontae and especially Max Crosby, those guys did it. Max Crosby is chasing after Greg Townsend's record. He's Absolutely. talking to Phil Villapiano. And on a night when we give Kenny Stabler his god dang ring, the culture of the Raiders should have been shining tonight. Those yeah. players should have been all over that. And I understand those were generations ago. A lot of that stuff even happened before I was born. And I'm an old guy. So I understand that disconnect. But I think that when you wear the silver and black and you look at Allegiant Stadium and it's a love letter to the goddamn Raiders and you see that mystique and you've got Charles Woodson and Fred Bolitnikoff and all the amazing Raiders, the Hall of Famers in the building, like why are we not demonstrating that goddamn culture on the field? And that to me comes down to the leadership. It's not the players. It's the leadership of this organization. Why aren't we, why are we teaching that stuff, preaching that stuff, showing that stuff, putting it on display? It should come down to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and those guys. I, I, and I know that, and I'm a fan, so I get it that, like, that stuff's been born and bred in me, and it wasn't in them. But at the same time, like, what makes the Raiders the Raiders? Like, let's show those players that, and let's and try to embody that on the <laughs> field. Because if we're not going to do that, then we're not the Raiders anymore. That's what makes me so mad, Scott. It's yeah. like, when we don't act like Raiders, like, let's freaking act like Raiders. If you're going to lose... Fine, I know losing happens, but let's act like goddamn Raiders when we do it. Oh, yeah. it's pissing me off. Sorry, Scott, I'm fired up. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm looking in the chat. Besides people asking how many drinks I've had, um, they're 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 with you, man. And and I think that that's the that's the issue. It's it's not even it's not even so much an anger as it is a an an energy of of what is going on and what is this franchise? What does it want to be? What does it look at itself as? And then how is it going to portray themselves? Because to me, that's the issue here is you're right about culture, right? Again, Murph, you are in business. You understand this. If your culture isn't going to breed success, then then what are you doing? And so to me, I don't understand what's happening here because you look now, Josh McDaniels had 17 weeks last year. You're now into week 20 of the Josh McDaniels regime and you're not seeing improvement. That's a concern. And I understand my broadcast partner, Mo Moten, thinks that, that, hey, these guys have a pass this year on a rebuilding mode as long as they don't lose the locker room. At this pace, I think you lose this locker room really quick because guys like Josh Jacobs, guys like Max Crosby, guys like Devontae Adams, they're not going to take it. They're just not going to take the shit. And I'm telling you, I'm Let's telling go. you, I'm telling you that if they don't see this organization making the commitment, because I always poo-pooed the idea that, well, they'll trade Devontae Adams. Now I'm not so sure, because if I'm Devontae Adams, why do I want to stick around? If this is what you're giving me, right, then why am I here? And if you're not going to breed a culture of excellence, if you're not going to breed a culture where one of the greatest players to play the position in the modern age is happy, then what are you doing, right, Murph? I mean... I don't get how this team, like I keep waiting as an objective observer. I keep waiting for it to get over the hump and I don't see it get over the hump. I'm with you. And like, and I've never been extremist guy when it comes to, uh, to trading players and shout out anybody that said you had too many drinks. Cause Lord have mercy. I'm freaking knee deep in it over there. <laughs> um, but like that whole idea that like, you know, like, oh, they're gonna Devontae is gonna demand a trade, and the Raiders are looking to get rid of Hunter Renfro, and like Josh Jacobs doesn't want he wants out, and like blah, blah, blah. like now, like, but <laughs> where's the evidence to show that criticism wrong? And I see this yeah. all the time, and, yeah. and I hate it. 
But it's like, it's, until the Raiders give you evidence to believe and or prove otherwise, then all those opinions are correct. And so for 20 years, those hater-ass comments have been correct. And so, like, I mean, it's so it's really tough as, as a guy who wants to be optimistic and a guy who is tries to live in positivity and a guy who does want to look for the best in things and the best in this football team. It makes it really tough to have a conversation on this show or on Twitter or, you know, at a sports bar with my buddies. Like, it's yeah. just... Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. like how how challenging that stuffs be, be becomes. Because I'm with you, Scott. Like, what proof do we have? Like, yeah. like you said, you're 20 weeks in, and here's the proof. And then you couple that with, oh, what's the track record of Josh McDaniels? Oh, and then I got it. Here's this one for you. Oh, then let's couple this with the success that he had with the Patriots versus the success that he had with the Patriots. With Tom Brady, what is Bill Belichick's success record with right. Tom Brady right. versus without? That, like this story is starting to, because when when Tom first left the Patriots, it was is it Tom or Bill? And we went, we were all like his fans, <laughs> uh, football fans, not Patriot fans, but his football fans. Going, I don't know. Let's find out. Well, so far it looks like it's been Tom. Well, maybe with maybe it's been Tom with Josh too. Like yes. I, I, yeah. I mean. It, it, and again, is there evidence to suggest otherwise? So far, the, key. the answer is no. So I, I don't yeah. want it to be true. I'm rooting for you, Josh. I'm your guy. Like, <laughs> but it ain't working. Like, oh, you're losing me. Oh. Yes. Yeah. By the way, Boy George Strait on YouTube says, when Murph gets fired up, you know it's going bad. <laughs> i love it all the all the folks in the in the uh youtube chat thank you guys for being there good 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 stuff um but no i i hear you i hear you murph and i think that uh it's it the next few weeks are going to be crucial because i think uh you know this next week i thought this week i never go to a must win game unless it's a game where you have to win it to make the playoffs or you're out whatever but this week against the chargers in la the Raiders really have to do something. I thought they had to do that today. They didn't do it against Pittsburgh. It was a favorable matchup to them. The matchup with the Chargers is not as favorable, but they're going to have to show something. There has to be, and, and, and we were doing the live chat, Big Corey and I, on the PSF app, and we were talking about it. We, you need to see a player make a play, make a big play. Max Crosby, make a big play. Devontae Adams makes a big play. Josh Jacobs occasionally makes a big play this year. No one else does. Like, where is that play? You saw Marcus Peters drop the pick six. You talked about it earlier. And look, stuff like that happens. I get it. But that changed the whole focus of the game. That changed the whole mood of the game. If he takes that back to the house, the point swing, the momentum swing means so much. That's what teams, even teams that are borderline playoff teams, meaning that they're getting better and they're getting to the point where they're going to be a playoff team. That's the type of things that they do. That has to be instilled in you, not only by the way you play, but also from your coaching staff and what the culture is around the team. And that's where I'm concerned. And if you see two more weeks of this, then you're absolutely right, Murph. I'm not ready. I, I like Aiden O'Connell. I'm actually wearing a shirt tonight, obviously, but if 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 you go another week or if you don't if you look like you did this week against the Chargers especially offensively then yeah go to the young kids find out what you got find out what they're able to do and and don't fool yourself because guess what the last thing you want to do to the best fan base in all of pro sports is try to fool them just say hey it is what it is we're going to see what we got and we're going to move forward a great point you know and and i saw today so i've, I've always felt like three the third game of anything is important right if you look at at baseball or the nba in a playoff series like the third game is huge you're either three and oh oh and three one and two or two and one and all those things are like demonstrative right and so going into this game like uh being the difference between being two and one and one and two is huge because two and one football teams have a 54 percent chance of making the playoffs one and two football teams have a 24% or like 20%, 25%, whatever it is. It's, it, it gets cut in more wow. than half chance to make the playoffs. And so it's like, this was monstrous. So I'm with you. If we lose to the freaking stupid dolts, 
like call it a season, like put in the kid and let's roll. So I'm with you that like <laughs> give it one more, you know, week with what you've got. But if we lose in LA in a home game with all those Raider fans that are going to be down there, because we all, all of us in Raider nation know that they moved the wrong team to Los Angeles. Uh, you know, once, once that happens, it, I mean, or well, I'm not going to say once that happens, hopefully it doesn't, but yeah. if it does, like I'm with you. I'm like, let's, let's at that point, like, and I'm not a block. Gosh, dang it. It's so weird talking about this stuff. Cause I'm not a blow it up and let's tank the season. Oh, I, know. I know you're not. I know you're not. not my spirit at all. But like, for real, like if we lose to the chargers, like, eh, no, let's tap out. Let's freaking like, let's work on our future and let's develop players. Now I don't still don't like those of you that are like, who's tank for Caleb Williams. About, eh, say me that. <laughs> Like we there, there ain't nobody tanking in the NFL. Like you can, you know, we look at the teams that were supposedly tanking the Texans, yeah. tanking the Cardinals. Cardinals, right? Like, come on now, nobody tanks in the freaking NFL. But what you can do is put in your young players and invest in your future. Right. And the most important position in the NFL and in all of team sports, frankly, is the quarterback. If you don't have a a very you know uh, competent and you know, frankly, an excellent starting quarterback in the NFL, you're not going to win a lot of games. So if that's not what we're going to have, if he can't, if Jimmy G and this offense can't go in and win a game in, in, in freaking LA and beat the chargers, then put in the kid. Like, yeah. I'm with you. Then let's put yeah. in the kid, put in the kid. Let's fire Patrick Graham and Josh McDaniels. Let's turn that seat <laughs> up a little bit. And Dave McZigler, you're Dave McZigler. How about that? Freudian slip. I love it. <laughs> Ah, that's good stuff. All right, Murph. Well, uh, no, I think, I think we have said quite a bit tonight and I think, you know, I'm looking at the chat. Everybody agrees for the most part. And, um, it's a situation where it's a week by week basis. It's early in the season. And I hate to see Raider nation feeling so down after three weeks, but I can't blame them. I, I would be lying if I tried to spin this in a positive direction, just because, Tonight's game, yes, there were some moments, and yes, Devontae Adams played well, but overall, it just was not the spirited appearance that you want from your team. It's not the spirited performance that that you look at and say, this team wants to win, and that, to me, is really disturbing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, and we'll have to see what happens as they move forward. Murph, reminder, of course— after all this emotional venting we've had, um, that uh, Murph and Raiders Fan Radio, of course, uh, everything they do there from a financial standpoint benefits the One Nation Foundation. All of the Super Chats here on Silver and Black today as well during the season were donating back to the One Nation Foundation. Uh, as we always do, Murph, on the postgame show, tell everybody a little bit about the foundation. Crab Fest is coming up in November in Las Vegas. Let everyone know what you, Michelle, and Swag Jeff, and everyone is doing there to help One Nation Foundation. Uh, thank you, Scott, so much for asking. I appreciate the platform as always. And uh, yeah, the One Nation Foundation is a nonprofit organization that we formed once we figured out that we could make money with Raiders Fan Radio. And so it uh, it is funded entirely by our listening audience. Uh, by merchandise sales if you want to buy a cool Raiders fan radio shirt or uh, you know from direct donations uh, from raffles uh, advertising revenue anything that we do with the show we give it away through the foundation and shout out the boy Will Compton uh, for giving us a sizable donation to the foundation this year and helping us reach our goal of $15,000 uh, for the Bolitnikoff Foundation. And we will present the Bolitnikoffs uh, with a check um, uh, this uh, November at their annual Crab Fest dinner. And so we are so thankful to be partnered with them as they um, provide safe spaces and rehabilitative services for young women at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse. And so we are so thankful uh, for the work that they are doing first and foremost. We're so thankful for the, um, for, again, for the funding from all the amazing supporters of our show, from corporate sponsors like United Rentals, guys like like Will Compton, and then and then mostly our listeners. That's mostly where the, the, the money comes from. And and a lot of folks that are affiliated with Silver and Black today um, have, have migrated over to Raiders Fan Radio and shared their generosity with us. And so we can't thank you enough. And uh, and and you're an, you're enabling us to give 
to amazing Raiders charities. We give exclusively to Raiders related charities and, and can't thank you guys enough. And even, you know, even down to Scott, there's a, there's a, our CPA for the foundation <laughs> came from seeing me on your show. Like, like, and he reached out and he's like, Hey, I'm in a similar neck of the woods as you. Like, I'd love to help any way that I can. He's a former Marine, much respect to his service. And like the guy reached out and has become not only a, uh, our CPA, but a great friend of ours. His brother, uh, you know, is, is, is currently serving in the Marine Corps. And just like, there's an amazing family we got connected with. Can't thankful, be thankful enough for those guys. But like, I, I said that to tell you this Raider nation is family. Like the team may suck and oftentimes (laughs) does, but we're undefeated and we've always got each other's back, you know, and and Raider nation does community and family. We say La Familia and it's no joke. We do that better than anybody else in all of sport. Even when we're at the down at and we're down bad right now, Raider nation, even when we're down at our, at our worst, when it comes to the team's play on the field, it's still the best it's ever been when it comes to our fandom. And so I will always rest in that. Uh, and I hope that the one nation foundation and our show can, can, you know, exemplify that in any kind of way that we're able to. And thank you again to you for, for giving us a platform oh. to talk about. Thank you, Scott. No, you guys do great work. And by the way, I'm wearing the Irish cannon t-shirt. Just Let's go. Imagine that you can buy this at DC four L custom tees, T E E S.com. And the proceeds from the shirt, $4 from every shirt, go to the One Nation Foundation. So if you go buy that or the Midtown Mo for my co-host Mo Moten, my usual co-host, you can do good. That, you can do that as well. And the proceeds go to help uh, Murph's charity there and the team, what they're doing with the Blitnikoff Foundation, Raider Dad, everybody, just a phenomenal thing. So that's the upside of, of Raider Nation right now. Yes, the football side of it, everybody's down a bond, as you said, Murph. But overall, again, the family and sticking together is all what it's about. So thank you so much for that, and we appreciate it. All right, Murph. Well, listen, we're hoping next Sunday the game down at the Raiders' vacation home at SoFi Stadium, hoping the Raiders can maybe turn this around, turn everybody's feelings around, turn the frown upside down, like they say, and and start to get this. But we certainly appreciate uh, as always, you coming on this show, especially for us in the central or eastern time zone where it's now uh, Monday morning, uh, but certainly wanted to get out with you. And so we appreciate the time, my friend. And as always, a pleasure. And thank you for it. Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah. And I, and I hope that next week everybody can point at me and say, everything that guy said is bullshit. Like, I, that, that's my hope for this. Is that I'm completely wrong. But anyway, I love you, man. Thank you so much, Scott. And y'all have a good night. Good night, Raider Nation. All right. There you go. Thank you to Murph from Raider Fan Radio for being with us here on Silver and Black today. The postgame edition uh, as we uh, end this live stream. So thank you, everybody, especially on YouTube for the chat. Always good. Thank you so much for that. Uh, And I know a lot of you are struggling tonight with what happened but clearly, uh, all of you care for each other, and it's a great community. So there, so you have that at the very least, and hopefully your football team will give you the team you deserve. That's the most important thing. So for our producer, Mike Robbie, for Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, I am Scott Colbranson. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do so, and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bell. Do that as well for our friends at Raiders Fan Radio where their Wednesday night show is much watch, must excuse me must watch YouTube on Wednesday night so you join Michelle Murph and Jeff for a great show. So thank you all for being with us. Take care Raider Nation and we will talk to you on Tuesday on Silver and Black today. Take care.